listening to Tales from the Haunt with Flynn Hendricks and Just Jeff. Available now on Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. <laughs> Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash decals by Kins and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for your yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me welcome back everybody to another spooky episode of tales from the haunt and if you don't know by now and maybe this is your first episode let me give you a quick little introduction i'm flynn hendrix i'm a voice actor I'm a professional wrestler, I'm a guy that doesn't get a lot of sleep, and I'm also a scare actor, which is the reason why we started this podcast. And with me today is my engineer, Jeff the Just, um, that's your name, right? Sure, we'll go with that. Or is it just Jeff? Uh, I've been called many things, um, uh, Jeff, Jethro Tolls, um... Just Jeff, Jeff the Just, um, Just Jethro, Just Jeffrey. Dr. Jeffenstein. Yeah, that Dr. Jeffenstein's monster. Um, we could go on and on about that, <laughs> but if we did that, we wouldn't have a chance to get into our awesome interview here tonight. But before we get to that interview, guys, again, we have to take a moment and just say thank you for your continued support, not only for this podcast, but also for my other podcast, I Know You Hear Me, where I've had fellow scare actors on in the past and... You know, we just, we chew the fat, we talk about different things, and we have fun. And that's what this episode is going to be about today as well. So if you haven't already, go get subscribed on your preferred podcasting platform. Both podcasts are available wherever you get them from. And if you like what we're doing, leave a five-star on a written review because it really, really helps. And I don't know if you've heard yet, but I know you hear me now when I say, we've got shirts available. So if you want to know how to support the podcast and help us keep these shows afloat, go check the links in the show notes. I've got links to a pro wrestling tees store. We can ship these shirts out directly to you. There's information about how to do that in the show notes. Show your support. Send us a picture on social media after you get connected. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tag us in those pictures, and then we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. We'll give you a shout-out on social media, and we'll just keep this thing going. So tonight's guest is one that... I actually got to meet, um, for the first couple of weeks of my first scare acting season in 2021, and I know Jeff's known him a little bit longer here, but this is a guy that I'm glad I've become able to call a friend. He's actually come to some of the wrestling shows and showed support there, which is an awesome thing for me. And, you know, he's somebody that we actually got to talk about wrestling in the Actors Lounge before some of the shows we did this past season. It's our pleasure to have on the show tonight, Josh Stanfield. Josh, dude, thank you for coming on here. Always a pleasure, man. So we got a lot to get into here. So let's, uh, dude, let's just go ahead and jump right into the deep end. Let's back it up to the beginning and tell us what piqued your interest with all things spooky. Where did that start for you? Um, believe it or not, I've always been interested in the horror movies mm -hmm. since '82, and I went to a couple haunted houses as a child, mm -hmm. two local ones for the longest time. Believe it or not scared me enough where i actually did not go to haunted houses for like 10 years really yeah because the actors at the time went a little too far uh five-year-old so uh, there's a long i did not go to haunted houses because of that Man. so what got me into is um 
I started going back to haunted houses and I heard, I had a couple of people tell me about national nightmares. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I applied, I do believe may or June of 2017 and they were having their zombie event coming up. And back then they used the side offense as the auditions Yeah, for the actual main season. So I got there, I got the, I did the zombie thing for two nights mm-hmm. and it was really fun. And I, they asked me, Hey, do you want to come back during the main season? I was like, sure. I'd be glad to. So back then when you first joined the haunt that I worked at, they, instead of this giving you a particular scene, mm-hmm. they had auditions for multiple scenes. Yeah. So like my first night, it was this one scene that I was supposed to be the greeter for the scene and hold people there basically be the person that holds groups until enough time has passed and mm-hmm. then bring other in. And the second night they switched me to a different scene and I, I was, it was like, kind of like a, like almost like Dr. Frankenstein, Igor. Yeah. And I kind of, or, and after that night, the owner of the actual haunt messaged me like a few days later asking me, he's like, Hey, we were very impressed with you. And we wanted to pitch you in a bigger scene. And that's how I started out at the haunt. Interesting. I And one of the things that jumped out to me is that, you know, like, they asked you to come back. It was, can you take us a little bit more in depth into, like, like, did you have any acting experience prior to that? Or was it just, like, you found a new way to kind of escape and let loose and have fun and that's what drew their attention to you and made them want to, you know, offer you a more full-time position. Well, um, it wasn't really a full-time position, but, um, what it, I had no acting experience at all before the hunt. None at all. None at all. Believe it or not, none at all. Wow. Yeah. I would, I would have not guessed that because, you know, seeing you interact with, um, with, with guests and even other actors and things like that, you giving them advice. I mean, you, they, they were coming to you for that advice and you was giving them really good advice. So I would, would have thought that you'd have done something before. No, before not before the haunt, I was like, had no acting experience, no nothing. And I always willing, I was always willing to help people give them advice on how to help themselves in the haunt and stuff. So but yeah, so what was it like for you coming in then uh, with no acting experience at all? I just actually just channeled what I saw in the horror movies and like video games and stuff, and I had to actually figure that out in my head how to turn all the things I've seen in the past into a, like voice act, voice acting characters and stuff like that. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, so when um one and and this is a question that I wanted to ask you for a while um how, what made you come up with the idea for the character that you came up with um my character Foyd's believe it or not is actually um the sign after tragedy and me and my wife's life back in 2020 um during the haunt season, my wife was pregnant and a week before she was supposed to give birth, she had a medical emergency and we actually lost our child. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. So Foyd's actually is a, basically he's my grief and sadness and my wife's grief and sadness put into a character. And that's how he out. Knowing, like, knowing what led into making that character, because it's something that we're going to come into, you know, a little bit further into the conversation as well, but what was it like for you, not only, like, developing that character, but bringing it to life and having it become a thing of its own, you know, especially knowing, like, the, the tragedy and the trauma and everything that that came with it, did it give you, like, a like negative feelings as well was it cathartic what was that like um we used to have this old manager at the haunt he told us 
when we start doing anything, always target like let's say you had a bad boss that always gave you bad problems. Yeah. Or in your life. He always told us to aim all that into one focus point. And that's how um the character came about. Okay. Just aiming that all into one focus manifest and using all that when I put it on, use all that energy and all that sadness and grief and turn it into like an energy source basically and this having fun in the character and yeah so when you when you get the opportunity to actually take that character to a haunted attraction you know like we met at um at, at nightmare and you get the opportunity to actually you know go somewhere else and bring this character to life for the season what is that like for you especially like when you know, like you've got a family and a network here at one place, but then you have to go to another place, but you're getting to do it to, you know, further your dream and develop yourself as an actor. What is that like for you? How do you navigate a, a situation like that? Um, taking my character to another haunt, believe it or not, I actually wanted to use that character at nightmare, but some things came up and it became easier to take it to another haunt at the time to be and push myself farther it's a quite i will say creating your own character and taking it somewhere and pinning it on is a very overwhelming at times i can believe it's it's something that's fun don't get me wrong but it's also you and your significant other put so much work in the pit creating this thing and to see it come to life and entertain people it's really overwhelming actually Absolutely. And then, you know, like when you get the chance to go out there and have the interactions, not only with your fellow actors, but with other customers, like paying customers as well, what are the reactions that that character gets? Because, I mean, it was a very, like, like when you look at it, that character voids is, it's hypnotic to look at. Like, it, it's the black and white color scheme, but you look at it and it's just like, it, it, it catches the eye. What was what was the reaction like from your fellow actors and then you know the patrons as well? Um, the haunt I went to, all the actors loved it, except for some of the teenagers work, that worked there. They were actually kind of terrified of it. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> like the haunt I went to, um, they never seen a mask like that before, so all of them came up and was constantly looking at it, expecting it because they that's like the first time they seen such a high quality haunt mask before absolutely and then the customers a lot of the customers loved it actually um there was a lot that were scared of it of course mm -hmm. a lot of children but i have a simple rule about kids because what i went through as a when i was younger yeah if they're years old i will stay like far enough away from them and um let them come to me i don't try to go after them yeah. i don't try to be guy. I get but, that. But the customer reaction was actually very positive, actually. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I know, too, you know, it's like I saw the reaction because I was still, like, meeting new people as the season was that fresh in. But, you know, you see the experienced actors like an AC, for example, or other veteran actors that, you know, obviously we hated to see you go. But getting to see you, like, take something that you created and develop, it's like, it's that bittersweet feeling of, you know, we hate to see you go. We hate to see a family member walk out the door, but we're getting to see you spread your wings. And I just remember seeing that and just being like blown away by how supportive people still were about that, even though it was like, you know, a, you know, like you're just, you're not going to see that person every weekend. So that was something that really stuck out to me. So I was just curious to see what your, you know, what it was like for you going through that situation too. Um, don't get me wrong. It was um sad leaving everybody oh, at night. I I've been with them five seasons yeah. at the time. So it was really hard, but at the same time to get the opportunity to go out there, um, spread my wings, get to feel more get to be in the character more, get to see that interaction, mm -hmm. see people coming back at week after week after week just to run up to say they got this, they came there to see me and everything. That was just like an overwhelming feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have two haunt families now. Thanks to it. Yeah. And you can't, you yeah. can't beat that. 
and and some of them um were were previous haunters from you know nightmare too i mean you know some of the the main guy from the haunt that you went to came from nightmare you know branched out his own wings and made his own thing and done his own own thing and it was you know he's made something pretty big for himself down there so props to him on that absolutely and then what was it like for you too especially you know like one of the things we like i've come to find out is that people that shared the first season with me i thought they came into it you know like at the beginning and i just might have overlooked them because there was so much going on you were still trying to learn who everybody was but then you come to find out that they come in like you know a month and a half two months into the season or right at the peak of the season even what was it like for you going to a new haunt after being at one for so long and then you know like coming in like almost like to the middle of the season what was that like for you well the haunt i went to their season actually doesn't start to october oh okay yeah um like i said it was under i didn't i only know like 10 people at that haunt when i went there Mm -hmm. overwhelming but when i joined them they all extend open arms they all were very welcoming they were all excited to see someone new at the haunt they were actually very welcoming people i love that i love that so um one thing i want to talk about especially um is q line because that's how you and i got to work together for a little bit and you know you people have heard us talk about that on the show and basically that's just a chance for the actors outside that are on the midway or you know, around the lines and the gates where people go into the attractions. We're there to scare, we're there to entertain, and get them ready for what's going on in the house. What? How long did it take you, or how many seasons were you with Nightmare before you um, transitioned from being a, an actor in the houses to being a Q-line actor? Well, I was, it took me like one and a half seasons to mm-hmm. riot two. They started using me for Q-line for the off-season events like we had the valentine's we had the christmas krampus during the christmas events because how tall was they that's how they introduced me to q line they started introduce me during the side events nice and from there and what was it like for you like going from inside to you know outside acting because it's two separate you know it's two separate things completely as far as like the interactions or not really having a scene to work with to bring, you know, bring extra elements to that character. What was it like for you transitioning from one to the other? Believe it or not, going from inside to outside is kind of um, a shock to the system in a way. Okay. Because in inside you have your, your spots you hide at, you have your areas where you can do your thing, but going outside you have to learn a whole nother thing. You have to learn that you can't hide ever. You have to go out there and figure out your own version of inter- entertainment. Yep. Like when I first actually became Q line, I brought my shovel from inside out. And that was my dang. I was sparked a shovel as loud as I could against the ground. Yeah. And everything. But it's a lot different because the customers on the outside in my opinion are a lot more different when than when they come inside yeah um the q line believe it or not it's what all the actors want to become is q line mm-hmm. but also very hard at the same time absolutely and i mean dude it's my first season i came in with the full intention of being you know in the house not even and everything was so new to me i didn't know right from wrong, left from right, what was going to be, like, more challenging than the other. But I kind of... It was weird for me, too, because I'm sure you, you've you done it before where you, you're a queue line or you're inside the house, but then they need somebody elsewhere. So they kind of plug and play, and it... You know, you have to be versatile in what you do to get comfortable, or not get comfortable, but just be able to perform on that. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that everybody should want to aspire to because what the queue line does and a lot of people don't realize this is we're the first things that you know the customers see when they come in they pay for the tickets we're what primes them and gets them ready for what's going on in the house because 
you know, not to take away from Q-Line by any stretch, but we're just like, we're the seasoning or the sizzle to the steak that's going on inside the house. The actors inside the house are what, you know, brings it all together, but when you see these people outside, like, you know, you don't know, they may not have started drinking yet, so they're just stiff and tense and just being a complete dickhead or whatever it may be, or they may be drunk and ready to have fun and you try to scare them and somebody falls on the concrete. You just, it's so versatile or so off the wall for what can happen outside. But if you can get those people ready and you can adapt to being around all those people, you get them primed and you give them an experience before they even get in the houses. And then when they come back out and you get them again on the way out, you know, it's like, I don't know if you want to call it a triple threat or what, because there's so many houses at some of these locations. But, you know, you just, you give these people like, primer experiences and then you give them go home experiences too after they've already you know hopefully had the bejesus scared out of them in the house as well and i think it's something that every actor should try to experience or go for at some point that way they kind of get a taste of how everything inside the haunts work too precisely man i took the long way around on saying that one (laughs) (laughs) but uh jeff i see like you got something brewing over there so let's let you ask some questions i don't want to hog the mic all this week you're not hogging the mic okay i'm i'm just trying to i'm trying to be generous here jeff i'm i'm just jeff i just sit here just generous jeff this week (laughs) (laughs) but like what was something um you know especially when you came in and you got asked outside of these off-season events And you started coming back. You did five seasons going back like to 2017 at Nightmare. When COVID hit in 2020, what was that like for you as an actor? Because, you know, I know like we've talked about it with previous guests on the show. We've talked about it. You know, I picked the brain of some of the veteran actors in the locker room too. Like, what was that like for, you know, for you to be in that season when the world is just, you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. You don't know if there's going to be a new standard or protocol in place. What is that like for you as an actor? And how was the 2020 season for you? Um, it was, it was a different change um, with the 2020 season. Um, we had all the new protocols. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we at nightmare had to wear face mask under our latex mask. So that was a new mm-hmm. adjustment um it was a little different um we started doing the whole they have to stay six feet away yeah Um, actors wasn't allowed to talk yeah we were all separated like which house you were in you had to stay near all your people Mm -hmm. you couldn't go over talk to no one five people was allowed in the actors lounge at one time that was horrible yeah it was oh sorry oh no you go ahead go ahead it was interesting. Like I said, it, it took a lot of um, adapting yeah. to all at that time. Um, the the customers, some came in positive about the rules, some didn't, which is understandable. Of understandable. Course, yeah. But it was just something you had to adapt to. Right. Like, I had to adapt to. And then just, like, based off your the experiences you'd had at that point, you're probably, you know, three or four years in at that point. Did you find that that experience that you had made it easy to kind of transition and adapt to those rules? Or was it hard to, you know, break those habits that you'd already built up and, you know, added to your repertoire as a scare actor? What was what was that part like for you? I will say wearing the face mask underneath a, a giant latex mask was a little difficult. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I say that, especially start sweating and it became a little rag around your face and see i i just i speaking from experience with the masks i've had this this past season it's come up on the show you know you go to get a drink of water and you just feel the sweat coming down or you go to take it off and you've got a pool of of sweat just like puddled up in the chin of the mask you take it off and it's like a waterfall coming out so i can't even imagine what it's like having a mask on underneath that my god here's my my explanation of what that is um, the easiest way to describe that was, uh, think about being at the beach and gulping up a mouthful of seawater <laughs> or having a hot ladder on your face. Yes. Oh yes. my. Oh. 
because as as soon as that as soon as that mask got soaked with sweat every time you was like opening your mouth or anything or because you know some as well as i do some of these some of these masks you can't breathe through your nose yeah yeah so you have to breathe through your mouth and all of a sudden you go oh salty oh man And I, I can just imagine it now, too. If you try to talk or scare somebody, you'd probably end up sounding like Kenny from South Park or something like that. Just It, it, it was Kenny from South Park trying to take in Chef's Salty Balls. <laughs> oh, my God. I, 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 I want to tell you to get out. I want to tell you to leave, but I respect it so much. I'm going to allow it this week. You win, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> No, man, I can only imagine, though, because just, like, hearing everybody talk about that, and it was such a trying time, you know, because, and, you know, like, previous guest of the show, Robbie Osborne, said, you know, like, people just wanted to get out and have fun, and I think, you know, we noticed that in the 2021 season. Mm -hmm. Did you kind of notice the same thing or pick up on a different vibe where people were just excited to be out, you know, going from Nightmare to the next attraction? Did you kind of pick up on that same vibe with the guests as they came in? Yeah, a lot of them were just hoping the world was getting back to normal. They were wanting to go out, have yep. fun like they do, go out and enjoy, go into your local haunt, get a little food while you're there, take pictures with wherever you can outside, go inside, just having a fun time, bring the family. It became a whole family event. Mm-hmm. It was people just wanted to go back to normal. That's, they wanted their normality back. That's 100% it. And I know... Speaking from experience for myself, that energy was easy to feed off of, especially if they were having fun. It made it easier as an actor to have fun because, you know, positivity is a contagious thing. And if everybody's having fun, nobody wants to be the lame duck or the odd one out. Was it easy for you as an actor to pick up on that, you know, that energy that they were putting out, just the excitement to be there and, you know, made you want to give that much more to them? Was that an easy thing for you to pick up on and reciprocate with? Yeah, I was, I'm more of one of those people, when people come to the haunt, I feed off their energy. I'm kind of like yeah. Goku with the spirit bomb. Yes! I just I get that the reference. energy and just go with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the best way, too, because, again, everybody's unique. Everybody's different. Everybody's going to have a different experience on it. But it makes you, it gives you a chance to not only broaden yourself as an actor, but not fall into the comfort zone and the routine of doing the same act every time, too. So I, I love that answer. Not only because it was a Dragon Ball reference, but because it's <laughs> it, it's something that I do myself. So I love that. Yep, and there you hear it, ladies and gentlemen. Not only can you get South Park, but you can also get Dragon Ball on Tales from the Haunt. And I would love for them to sponsor both of our podcasts. If you want to do that, check the show notes. You know what to do. (laughs) I would also love to be a voice actor on both. Anyway, so we've got a couple of questions that we typically tend to ask our guests on these shows. And Jeff, last go round, I believe I let it off. So I believe it is your turn this time to lead it off. I guess. I was enjoying sitting over here in my corner, though. I will kick you in the knee and kick you out of this studio if you don't get energetic. Woo-hoo. I'm gonna throw dog <laughs> eggs at you and meat pies. Okay, Damn so, you. so Josh, um, my my go-to question is always because of the whole reason why we started this podcast, being the fact that we want to interest more people into the haunt industry, um, because you know there has to be people to replace us old hands whenever we get out of it. Um, so what what is the kind of advice that you would give somebody new? coming in or somebody that wants to come into the industry and is scared to make the jump? Um, the best advice I can give them is before I joined the high, I was very socially awkward. I didn't have many friends, not really any of that. I joined the hunt and you'd be surprised at all the cool people. Absolutely. All the, yeah. All the cool, basically, if you're a socially awkward person, join the haunt is a giant positive for you because you will come out blossoming like a butterfly, basically. You'll be able to talk to people, enjoy being around people, get a whole new group of friends that you never thought you would have, be around some of the coolest people ever. 
I always say the people that work in the haunt were the kids that were bullied in school. So we all are one giant family anyway, and we all just get along. Absolutely. And one of the best advice I would give to people is bring snacks when you're working. It's going to be long nights, and snacks are your lifeline. Yeah, and and I'll agree with that. Um, I've known a lot of people that, that get into the house and end up falling out because they don't have enough adequate water mm-hmm. and snacks. One of the best snacks that I can ever, ever recommend anyone to have inside is beef jerky because Ooh. the protein with the water gives you tons of energy. Well, now I just want jerky and I want to get chased by Sasquatch. So thanks, Jeff. <laughs> also, if you beat jerky and you get the massive farts from it, add protein. <laughs> i think we just got spoopy again oh man oh everything comes back to bodily functions in some way shape or form this crop dust every customer that comes in your scene it's fine <laughs> what is that smell it smells like death it's you un- it's unique to the morgue <laughs> oh man do you smell that eugene that smells horrible I told you. I, I done told you, Jeff. It's supposed to be a morgue. It's supposed to smell stinky and spoopy now. You know, people void their bowels when they die now. <laughs> okay, before we before we go off on a random fecal-filled tangent here, let's go ahead and jump to my question now. Over your <laughs> five years of haunting, uh, what what is what has this show become? Um, I just I just love how that turned into into a voice acting a voiceover competition. <laughs> Now, oh man okay so <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry hold on hold on calm yourself I'm jeffrey I'm find back. your zen namaste um so my my question is over your five years of acting half a decade you know crazy to say like since 2017 it feels like it shouldn't be that long ago but here we are what would you say is your favorite scare that you have done, uh, or maybe even two scares that jump out to you? Well, this past season, I had a very interesting, uh, a first for me. Ooh. Um, her, her, a girl came in the gate, a daughter haunt I worked at, mm-hmm. and I scared her so bad she fell backwards. I didn't think of anything. I just thought she scared. Well, I didn't find out until two weeks later that she broke her elbow when I scared her. Oh, my she God. She came but here's the funny thing she didn't have nothing against me she actually came back two weeks later to take a picture of me to show to her school friends hey this is the guy that actually scared me because none of them believed her that a clown scared her enough to make her fall and break her elbow (laughs) sir i think you have just set the bar on this we've had people you know talk about making somebody throw up making them pee themselves making them faint making them poop themselves you just broke somebody's elbow. I think that takes the cake right now as far as I'm concerned. Congratulations, man. I think the only thing that would top that is if they fell, passed out, and crapped themselves all at the same time. Um, The second one we, we also... We call that trifecta. <laughs> <clears throat> um, the second one also happened at that or hunt. A first for me also. So they have ropes that line up the, the queue lines, right? Yeah. Um, so I chased this kid. Apparently the kid did not see the rope. Oh. The kid clotheslined himself onto a bunch of rocks. Oh. My. Oh, Lord, you are the clown of bodily harm, my man. Wow. It's either that, that or, like I said earlier in the show, your character and that the character that you developed is so hypnotic on the eyes that, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess these people just weren't paying attention to their surroundings because, I mean, they were fixated on you. So that's a testament to the character you create. And, of course, we hope these people are okay. But, man, that's that's saying something. If if they're listening to the show, reach out to, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know that you're okay. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that gave me an idea for a new segment we could do on the show. We'll talk about that off air. I, uh, I think I'm picking up what you're throwing down. <laughs> dog eggs, Jeff. Dog eggs. <laughs> oh, man, I I love that. And that's I, that's something that I don't think we've heard yet on the show. You know, it was like, and again, I'm not encouraging people to 
get hurt or, you know, cause somebody to get hurt. But, like, just the fact that in character, you scared these people so bad that they just lost focus of everything around them and their surroundings. And we just heard the result. Like, that's that's taking it to a whole new level, man. So, kudos to your commitment to that character and then also creating the character. That speaks volumes right there. Like, I don't, I don't plan try to go scare people is this you know how runners are yeah how skittish people are this happens the adrenaline the adrenaline's high and the fight or flight kicks in for sure mm-hmm. yep. oh man so that's a i don't know if we can top that or not but jeff we're gonna try and call it in the ring here and we're gonna get spooky again because you know like we or i guess this time i've been throwing a lot of questions at josh so we're gonna let him get his revenge now and our good man Josh here is going to have the chance to throw two questions to each of us. Now, you all know the rules as it is, and this is why it's so spooky. Jeff and I don't know what these are going to be ahead of time. We don't even know who he's going to ask first, and we do know that nothing is off limits. So, Josh, let's get spooky, man. The ball is in your court. Fire away when you are ready. Hmm. Probably the first question will go to Jeff. All right. I am ready. So what got you in the, um, you know, ultimately getting into this industry? What was the one thing that sparked your interest the most? Um, I guess this goes back to, to my episode um, of when I was working for a, uh, a uh, small time rescue squad haunt. Um, I was a member of the rescue squad and we was needing money. So, and it was all uh, volunteers. So we had to raise our own funding and um, we just, we done a uh, hunt for our Halloween fundraiser for our fall fundraiser and it went really well. So I just kind of stayed with it after, after uh, doing that for, you know, four years. And then I took a little bit of a break and went to a more professional level hunt. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's all history from there, as they say, you know. Okay. Um, second question for Jeff. What is the one mistake you have made on accident in the hot industry? Like tripping or like the worst mistake you have done? (laughs) You say that uh, the the, the worst mistake I have ever done has not even involved a guest. It has involved myself. <laughs> so at, at the, the haunted house that we've done with the rescue squad, we done it. Uh, it was a haunted woods. It wasn't indoors. It was outdoors. Um, we had trails that we had cut out. We go through, you will, we went through months ahead of time and started using lawn mowers and chainsaws and things like that to cut trails out. Um, I think the biggest mistake that I ever made was I was cutting the trails and I drove my brand new John Deere lawnmower off of a cliff. Yeah. Come again? Yes. Yes. Brand new (laughs) John Deere riding lawnmower was about three months old and I'm riding along and holy crap, there's a cliff. I had never been to this part of the woods before. I'm just going to throw that out. I hit the brake pedal. The lawnmower did not stop. It slid and I bailed. And all of a sudden the mower, I just hear it go all the way down the hill. My God. I got my mower back in pieces. It sucked. I'm glad you weren't in pieces at the bottom. Otherwise this podcast (laughs) would be in a really weird place right now. But but as far as, as far as mistakes go, I mean, that's, that's a humorous, humorous time of, you know, I've, I've never, hurt myself i've never fallen i've never been a slider and you know hurt myself so it's it was it was funny other than the fact that it was my brand new five thousand dollar lawnmower rest in peace more yes (laughs) nothing runs like a deer (laughs) (laughs) hey maybe we can get one of those uh one of those granite tombstones at malice to say rest in peace jeff's mower Oh. Robbie, if you're listening, I have an idea for you. <laughs> oh, man, good questions. I, I just learned something new about you, Jeff. What, my mom and died? 
Well, then I I don't want to I don't want to ride with you now. I'll do the driving. <laughs> oh. oh man, fun, spooky, spooky times. Good lord. Well, I guess the next two questions are for you, Chris. Uh, well, uh, process of elimination. So, uh, help me. The fee- and go off, Jeff. What is your worst mistake you have made at a haunt at the haunt so far? Man, um, ah, okay, I can think of one, and it was one I didn't even realize that happened at the time, but this was back uh, near the start of the season when I was Icky the Clown, I had the clown mask, I was working with the chainsaw, and I was actually out able to roam around with it. I got this group of people that was standing by, um, you know, like just randomly chatting, and I, I got them with the with the chainsaw, but again, not being aware of my surroundings because I was still getting used to, you know, being under a mask. And then these people obviously weren't aware of their surroundings because they took off. They almost uh, bumped into Lord Molag. If anybody comes to Nashville Nightmare, they know that he's our, uh, our you know, our Q-line actor on stilts. And I didn't even know it until after the fact, but like, thankfully they didn't bump into him, but it's like that had the potential to be something bad and probably put some bad juju on me that I'd still be trying to get off to this day. But you know, that's, that's probably the only one I could think of. Okay. Gotcha. Good story. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully it turned out the way it did and didn't go the, the way it could have. So I'm just, I'm grateful that didn't happen. The only advice I can give you from that is location, location, location. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Walk around with a GPS. <laughs> All right. Fire away with that next one. I'm ready when you are. What's the most awkward picture you have took with a customer so far? Um, Actually, let me... Let me scroll through, because I've had some weird ones. I'm not even going to lie. I have had some weird, weird ones here. Um, Did you ever have anyone try to lick the peppermint nipples? No, not the peppermint nipples. I actually had a lot of uh, of teenage boys, of all people, try and get the... Um... Oh, this actually reminds me now. You know, I, I had a lot of teenage boys try and, you know, like lick the tentacles or make phallic everybody knows where i'm going here try and make those jokes and you know that was probably the most awkward thing and if people would try and do that as uh uh no you know they try and get it and do the the old hand job gesture the old old fashioned like no because you're not going to tear this mask you're not going to do that you know with kids around but as you're walking away i'll hit you with the helicopter and get it that way but you know it was it was really just people trying to do that and then people trying to take pictures of it and there were some people that tried to get, I'm not even going to say borderline, they went over the line by 10 steps, took pictures, tried to buy shirts, and take all these pictures or get in provocative poses. And it's just like, um, no, because this will get out on the internet, this will bring bad publicity to them and to me, and I ain't going to do that. And you know, like there were some where security would even see them going to that and just automatically be like, nope, get up get going, we ain't doing that here, you know, just, and keeping it PG. So, you know, it, there were there were several situations like that, especially when you got a bunch of dangly things on your face that could be mistaken for phallic objects or man parts. So, that's that's about the extent of it, but it did give me good joke material after it was all said and done for those teenage boys trying to do it. Oh, kids <laughs> in this generation. <laughs> that, uh, Oh, never mind. I'll leave that story for off the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I, I love that, too, because every week these questions or every every two weeks, man, again, as we've said before, time has no meaning. They get so diverse and it's always something new and it keeps us on our toes. So I love that. So, dude, thanks for throwing those questions our way. But before we wrap up here tonight, man, is there anything that you want to leave our audience with or any final words for somebody that may be thinking about getting into the haunting world? Yes. Um, like I said, you'll meet some of the most people you will ever meet in your life due to this career. Absolutely. Absolutely. Each, 
each of them come back from different backgrounds, different things, but we all come together to enjoy a career career that we love, a hobby that we truly love. Yes, sir, we do. That and that I think that ties in with something that we have said multiple times on this show. And, you know, if you're thinking about joining a, a haunt or trying out for, you know, getting into the scare world, whether it's event staff, acting, whatever it may be, what do you have to lose? Just approach it with that why not mentality and have an experience rather than having a regret. You may find out that it's not for you, but now you don't have to go for the rest of your life wondering what if, you know, so just have fun, enjoy the people that you meet and enjoy the experiences and just live life. That's the best way I can think to say it. But I mean, you're, you're 100% dead on because it's just, it's its own weird little family but it makes sense once you're in it and like you find these kindred spirits that you may not have met in the outside world or people in the outside world are not as open to being open and vulnerable to expose themselves that way. So you meet people that will give you friendships that'll last a lifetime. Case in point, this guy over here, you know, it's like talking to you now. Had we not met in the scare world, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking right now. So you wouldn't have seen me in revealing spandex, you know, Stealing people's title belts at wrestling shows or whatever it was. You know, like all these things can t sum up with the fact of just trying a new experience and having fun and meeting more of your people. That's that's all it comes down to. And you feel accepted. It gives you confidence in the world around you. And it's just a win-win for everybody. That's what it all comes down to. It is. Um, you know, the the industry, I wouldn't say that it's hurting for people. But the industry needs more people. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the haunt industry is 100% every walk of life that you can think of. Um, and, and, you know, just without throwing out any different stereotypes or anything, it's just, it's full of everybody. Yep. You've got, you've got the band kids, you've got the jocks, you've got, I mean, you've got everything in, in the haunt world. And that's what I love about it is, you know, I've learned so much about different people and different walks of life. And now I consider everybody family. Absolutely. Even, even if it's somebody from another haunt that I've never met before in my life, if I meet them at trans world and I have a conversation with them, that person has just become an extended part of my family. And, you know, I'll add them on Facebook. We talk, we keep, you know, keep in touch. Then we meet again, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's exactly it. It's it, that's what it all comes down to right there. And then everybody ends up better for it at the end. And you have people where, as a society now, especially like it's three guys here talking now. It's still weird for guys to open up or you know have feelings about things like that. Or you may think that you don't have a friend that likes the same things you do, so you keep a lot of things repressed. But when you get into this world, whether it's haunting, scare acting could be music, could be whatever. But when you find kindred spirits that you may not have found in your everyday walk of life, it's so freeing, it's so relaxing, and it's just you feel at peace because you found your people and you talk to people that you don't have to make idle small talk with. You can have meaningful conversations about things you love, like the Dragon Ball references we made, the South Park references, whatever it is, and... We all like that stuff. We all know what it is, except you, Jeff. You haven't watched Dragon Ball. I'm still not going to forgive you for that. But, you know, it's like we find people that I may not get to talk about that at work, you know, but I get to come here, and I get to escape from reality with people that are just like me. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a truly awesome thing, and I know we took the long way around to say it, but again, guys, what do you have to lose? If you're into anything spooky or you're looking for a new experience, just try it out. And if, you know, find out it's not for you, still go support your local haunts and attractions and support your friends that may be doing it because, again, everybody's going to benefit. And just two simple words, why not? That's all it comes down to. Yep. yep. But, man, before, uh, before we get to solving all the world's problems and letting y'all hear them for free, I think we're going to go ahead and call it a night there because, man, this has been another insightful episode Josh, want to thank you again for coming on and not only sharing your time, but just telling your story, giving us more insight into your character development for Voids as well, because that's something that's fascinated me ever since I met you. So I'm just, I'm glad to finally get more information about that. But 
you know, just thank you for the advice you've dropped for everything that you've shared here tonight. And, you know, thanks for being a friend as well. That's, that's what means most of all. So thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Oh dude, of course, of course. And you know, Jeff, just in case our listeners have forgot this podcast, along with my other podcast, I know you hear me is available on all podcasting platforms. So wherever you may get your podcast from, go subscribe, leave a five star and a written review if that platform will allow you to do so because it definitely helps us out. Go check us out on social media. And if you haven't heard or you just missed the the big announcement and the big word going out that we have shirts available, go check those out. Find one you like. Support the show. Give us a shout out. There's multiple ways you can do it and there's information in the show notes about that. Snap a picture of you wearing the shirt. Tag us on social media. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. We'll give you a shout-out on socials. Just help us keep this show afloat so we can keep bringing you some quality entertainment and conversations. And Jeff can keep throwing dog eggs at me. So, if you enjoy my misery with dog eggs and meat pies, buy a shirt and support the show. <laughs> but in all seriousness, Jeff, before we before we take it home for the night and take a two-week hiatus and come back with another awesome interview next time, what do these people need to do in the meantime? Um, I am not a hundred percent sure, but I do know one thing. What's that? I know you hear me. That's my line. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> you butthole. Dang, dang it. Um. Well, here let me uh let me let me do my best, just Jeff here. I uh oh. Stay spooky. Thank you for listening this week, and we hope you'll tune in next time for another spooktacular episode. <laughs> Tales from the Haunt has been a Flynn Hendricks production. <laughs>